Substance, make some noise wherever you are at. You made it to church. I'm so glad to see you. If we have not yet met, my name is Carolyn Haas, and my husband Peter and I, we planted Substance 19 years ago, and it's just such an honor to have you here. And I'm just excited to welcome, we've got people watching from our West Side campus, downtown, online, Monterey, Mexico. So we're so excited to be in the house of God together today. Listen, before we jump into our sermon and our guest speaker, I was praying about today's service, and the Lord brought up the scripture in Acts chapter 15 to my heart and my my mind and in that there's a church in Antioch and the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 15 was having some debates and they were debating about what to do and the debates were distracting them from actually being on mission so they went to the church in Jerusalem and they said hey we need wisdom we need help would you help us figure out these debates the church in Jerusalem prayed discussed came up with a solution and then they didn't just write their letter and say here's our wisdom they sent two leaders to go and actually confirm the word. Scripture says they sent Judas and Silas to testify of what the, the council in Jerusalem had decided. The reason why I think that's important is Scripture says, Acts 15, 32, that Judas and Silas were also prophets. They were leaders and they were prophets. And it said they said much to strengthen and encourage the church. I bring that up today because today in the house, we have one of my favorite preachers, Charlotte Gamble, all the way from England. And she's here to give us a word that we need to hear. Like, I am giddy excited. But listen, I think it's important to say that none of us have time just to go through the motions of a church service. She didn't come here because she loves to fly and she loves the platform. She came here because she's on assignment. She has a mission. She's got, and Charlotte is a leader, she is a teacher, she is a pastor, but she also has a prophetic voice and a prophetic gift. And I know that she's on assignment. And so as I was praying for today, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Carolyn, just like in Acts 15, there's some people here today that have been, there's debates going on in your home. There's debates about the schedule for the fall, what you should be involved in, debates on how to parent, debates about relationships, job, all of the things that are actually distracting you from being on mission. And I just sensed that there is a prophetic word that's coming to strengthen and encourage you. And I'm asking you to have ears to hear. I'm asking you to lean in. I'm asking you to take notes. I'm asking you to actually allow the Holy Spirit to correct you. Because you know what happened in the, in the church in Antioch? They had preferences. They had opinions. And they needed wisdom to correct it. And I felt like today the Lord is going to tweak some of your preferences. He's going to correct some of your opinions. And I'm asking you to have ears to hear, to lean in. And, and so there's an area that you need to hear God's voice today. I, I'm not here to waste time. You're not here to waste time. I'm, I'm here to interact with God and his word. And so, Charlotte, I just want to thank you and honor you because not only do I just love you, but I've watched you study God's word. Like, I love God's word. You all know I do. Like, I'm obsessed. But you study and study and study and study and work hard diligently knowing the scriptures so that you can give us fresh insights from your time with the Lord. So thank you, and I'm just so excited to hear what you have to say. Substance, wherever you're at, at all campuses, would you stand to your feet and give a warm Substance welcome to Charlotte Gamble. Well, good morning, good morning. I'm gonna have you stay on your feet just for a little moment longer. I know I'm bossy, I know. 
This is actually now my second time with you, Substance Church. Some of you have got over the fact that I don't have an accent. I speak English, y'all have an accent. And uh, I might teach you some English words today that you kind of lost in translation. Um, But it's a joy to be here, just like Pastor Caroline said. I am not here because I enjoy flying anything but. I'm not here because I have nowhere else to be. I'm here because I believe in the local church. I love your pastors. They deeply love you. If you're looking for a church, you need to stop looking and just get involved. This is a great house. These are great people. And I kind of, I've been now two times. So the first time we were dating, now we're going steady, okay? It's a whole different level of relationships, okay? So, so I am going to open the word. And some of you are familiar with how God uses me as a vessel. And I'm not a wow preacher. You take a W off, I'm an ow preacher. This might hurt you a little bit, but it will hurt you to help you, okay? Sometimes we just need someone to tell us it's straight. And some of you, that's exactly what Pastor Caroline just said. God put on her heart for you today that there's just a straight word you need because you're going all over the place. Okay, and the straightness of this word is going to help you in the season ahead. I feel like some of you are distracted. You've done a lot of detours recently with your life. And it's time to get your life back on track. And you're wondering how to get it back on track. Well, today God's going to help you get it back on track. And I'm just going to absolutely preach to you God's word, not my opinion, not my version, but His word. In fact, after the first service, somebody came to see me and said, you just plagiarized the word. You literally just take it exactly as it is and speak it into our lives. I thought that's probably one of the best compliments I've ever been given. Because if you're going to plagiarize something, it should be the Word of God, okay? I'm just going to copy and paste it into your heart today. So we're going to pray. And as I pray, I just need you to give God permission. And I say permission for what? For whatever God needs to do. Whatever He needs to challenge. Whatever he needs to say, I I think some of you just need to get fed up of where your life is currently. Like I'm fed up of being stuck. I'm fed up of the detour. I'm fed up that I'm back here when I thought I got past this. Like get fed up enough to say, God, whatever it takes, today I'm getting unstuck. So God, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you for this house. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in every life that's in the room and watching online. But God, I thank you that whatever is going on currently, there is so much more for us. That God, we don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to feel that this is it. This is as good as it'll get because God, you invite us continually to die to ourselves. God, maybe that's where some of us are stuck today. We just are not ready to die to ourselves. But today I pray that a hunger would arise inside of our hearts that says, I am done with myself. God, I want less of me and I want more of you. And God, I pray that I would get out of the way today so that you, God, can have your way. Use this word to build lives, to build families, to build futures, to build destinies, Use this word, God, today to build substance, this house, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may take your seats. So there were some young men doing life as they always did life. Built a career for themselves. Had a source of income 
that they had created for themselves. They were fishermen, part of a community, established friendships and families in that community. And they were just going about life like any other day. Only on this day, they were about to have an encounter. For Jesus was going to pass by the boats of these young men. And in his passing by, he was going to say two words. Just two. The words he said as he passed by the boat was simply, follow me. He didn't say where to. He didn't say what was involved in following him. He didn't offer them a job or give them a contract or let them know there was a benefits package. There was nothing else coming in. In fact, he didn't even stop. He kept moving. And in that moment, they had a decision to make. Do I stay with everything familiar or do I follow what is unfamiliar? Do I stay with everything I have built or do I follow the one that is saying, follow me? They had in that split moment a decision to make. And there was something so magnetic about Jesus that at the sound of just two words, they left everything they knew to follow a man they did not yet know. Jesus, that day, began a journey with them, the journey of them becoming his disciples. The word disciple, at its root, translates to mean the word student. That day, they decided to leave what they figured out they knew to become a student of what they were yet to know. That day, they began a journey of every day sitting in the seat of the learner. That day, they went back to school. And as your children and the children around you right now in your communities are heading back to school, I am here on an assignment from God to say to you, Substance Church, just as you are packing up your children's backpacks or sending them to school, telling them, listen to the teacher, learn the lesson, pass the test, I'm here to let you know God is asking you to do exactly the same. Go back to school, to pack up, as it were, your backpack, to follow him with a new passion, to listen to the teacher, to pass the test, to become a student again. For what often happens in us is that when we are in crisis or when we feel like we really need Jesus, we say yes and we follow him. Then our life gets a little bit more order and we seem to get a little bit more joy back, and we seem to get our life back into a rhythm, and then at some point we have a conversation with God, or don't even have a conversation, but expect God. We're kind of like, that was great, I followed you, but now I think what I would rather is I go back to my boat, I go back to my world, my stuff, my things, my relationships, and God, if you could just follow me. If you could help me, bless me, follow me, bless the relationships I choose, get me out of trouble when I'm in trouble, help me with the idea that I've decided is the most important idea. And I'm here to remind you today, it's not that way around. That it's our job to follow him, not his job to follow us. And so today, maybe you just need to get back to the posture of a student, back to the posture of I need to learn something, back to the seat of the learner, back to going to school 
to say, Jesus, I think there's more I need to know. Maybe we have so much information, we've stopped seeking revelation. So many opinions, we've stopped seeking the truth. We're so immersed in the culture, we've stopped seeking his kingdom. Our excess has caused us to seek him less, but you and I are called to the journey of seeking, and I want to take that word today and renew it and redeem it in the house of God, because I think we've used the word seeker a lot of times to talk about those that don't yet know God. But if you are in any level of relationship, whether you're a stranger to God or you've known him years, you still are called to seek. You're still called to be a seeker. James 4 verse 8 tells us, draw near to him. And what? He'll draw near to you. Some of you are waiting for him to draw near to you, but the first move comes from you. You've got to say, I'm willing to leave my boat. I'm willing to say I was wrong. I'm willing to step out of familiar. I want to draw near to you. And in drawing near, you'll find he draws near to you. You are called to seek him. And I think the enemy has had a plan right from the beginning to get you to forget that you are a seeker. Because if you're not seeking, the chances are you're in the other role. And the only other role than seeking is that you are hiding. And if you go right back to the beginning in Genesis 2 verse 7, you will find that when sin first entered the Garden of Eden, the first repercussion of sin was that they went from seeking to hiding. Adam and Eve were seeking to walk with God in the cool of the day. They were seeking a conversation with him. They were seeking his presence, seeking his face. Sin enters the garden and the first thing they do is they start to hide. Hide from God. Hide themselves. Hide behind their shame. Hide behind fig leaves. And the enemy has a plan from the pit of hell to get you busy hiding behind your schedule, behind your money, behind your title, behind your failure, behind your shame. Why does the enemy want you hiding? Because he knows what it says in the Bible. He knows Proverbs 8 verse 17. If you seek him, you will find him. He knows once you start seeking God, you're going to find God. Once you start seeking peace, you're going to find peace. Once you start seeking a miracle, you're going to find a miracle. So he doesn't want you to remember you're a seeker today. He wants you to think this is as good as your life will ever be. He wants you to think your past is going to define you. He wants you to think your marriage is stuck and it will never get better. No, you are called to seek. And if you seek, you will find. When my children were small, one of our favorite games was hide and seek. Free parent advice for you today. If you are a parent in here, what is there not to love about the game hide and seek? Number one, your kids hide. Number two, they're quiet whilst they hide. And number three, it's free. So we played this game a lot in our home. And my son, Noah Brave, he's the youngest. He was very good at it. His sister Hope, not so good. On this one particular day, they were playing hide and seek. I was seeking, they'd gone to hide, and after a few moments, didn't take me very long, I found hope. So as I found hope, and she's now out of hiding, as I'm just about to get on and find Noah, my phone rings. I take the phone call, 
and the phone call gets me involved in a whole situation. My friend's having a crisis. She's crying on the phone. Now we're praying. Now we're really talking about all the options. Now I hang the phone up. As I hang the phone up, the laundry starts singing, letting me know that the laundry is done. So I go to the laundry room, take the wet clothes out, begin to fold the dry clothes. 40 minutes later, I suddenly have the revelation, wait a minute. I'm still playing hide and seek, and I only found one child. There is a child in this house hiding, thinking mama is looking for him. Mama forgot, and so I got back to the job of seeking, and eventually underneath the bunk beds found my four-year-old son, Noah, who, because he'd been waiting so long to be found, was fast asleep. And this is what I felt the Spirit of God say. It's not that the miracle is not there. It's not that your destiny is done. It's not that the breakthrough is not in the house. You stopped seeking. Some things that belong to you fell asleep because you quit seeking. You stopped seeking. You got distracted. You got busy with your life. You got distracted by a phone call or whatever it was. And you're saying the miracle's not there. And God's here to remind you today, no, it is in the house. No, there is a healing. No, there is a breakthrough. But you've got to get back to the job of seeking. So I want us to look today at a man in the Bible whose entire life was changed because he simply made the decision to seek. This man went from being hidden to being found, from being confused to being clear, from being isolated to being included, from being a fraud to becoming a follower. His story is so well known to so many of us when I mention his name. You're going to go, I already know this story, but I want to urge you today to look again. For there is more in this story than maybe you have ever seen before. And so we're going to look at the story of a man called Zacchaeus. His story is in Luke 19. Many of you remember Zacchaeus from your days as a child around the things of Sunday school. Maybe you sang the song. Maybe you made the cardboard cutout. Maybe you had the tree and the little man going up it. Can I tell you there's way more than a tree and a man and a song. There's somebody's life that was transformed in these pages we're about to read because they decided to seek. And I'm telling you today, if you will follow the steps that this man made, your life will also be transformed because the same Jesus he encountered is the same Jesus that's available for you today. But he had to choose to become a seeker. Luke 19 begins this way. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Note that. Jesus was not planning to stay here. This was not a scheduled stop in Jesus' diary. Jesus wasn't having a tent crusade in this part of town. He wasn't planning to stay overnight. Jesus was passing through. But there was a man that was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. It's letting us know this man had all the things the world tells you. If you have these, you'll be fulfilled. He had influence. He had money. He had a place in society that gave him importance. And yet all of that stuff that he had attained in life left him still empty in life. So it says of this man in verse 3 that he decided that he wanted to see who Jesus 
was. Can I ask you today to get back to the job of seeking? And the first step in seeking is you got to decide to seek, to see. Do you want to see him? Do you want to see him as the miracle worker? Do you want to see him as the forgiver of your sins? Do you want to see him as the restorer of your marriage? I think we just have got so laid back that we've been willing and satisfied to hear someone else's story of Jesus, to applaud someone else's testimony of a marriage that he put back together. And I'm just here to let you know, I'm not satisfied applauding your restored marriage. I'm glad for you, but I want my marriage restoring. I want my kids to come back to Jesus. I want my family to be turned around. I don't want to sit and listen to just your story. I want my own story. And the reason why he was desperate, he's like, I don't want to hear everyone else's version of Jesus. I want to see. I think he wanted to see how tall he was. He wanted to see what Jesus' shoe game was like. He wanted to see how he interacted with people. You can't learn that unless you see it with your own eyes. And there's just some stuff, church, that you can't get through someone else's version of events. You've got to get back to wanting to see. I want to see you as my provider. I want to see you as my healer. And if you decide to get curious enough to get back to seeking to see, you have to know that when you decide that, what happened for Zacchaeus is going to happen for you. Your excuse will show up. Because he says, I want to see Jesus, but he was short. And all the short people said, amen. All issues are covered in the Bible, even short people issues. Okay? He's like, I want to see Jesus, but I am challenged in my height. There's going to be a crowd. How can I possibly see Jesus when everyone's taller than me, bigger than me, more able than me? I'm telling you, when you get curious to see, your excuse will show up. Well, I do want to see Jesus, but I'm an introvert. I want to see Jesus, but I feel guilty because of what I've done. I want to see Jesus, but I'm not sure I'd be accepted. I want to see Jesus, but I have some issues. Your excuse will show up. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you seeking to see. Because he knows if you seek to see, you're going to find. So your excuse will show up and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't seek to see. See, the problem is we live in proximity to things, and our proximity changes our perspective. And some of you are living so in proximity to your problem, you can't possibly see an answer. You're living in proximity to your pain, so you can't see freedom. You're living in proximity to the hurt, so you can't see healing. You're going to have to choose. Do you want to live here, or do you want to see something different? And you have to decide what matters more. Does this matter more? Does hating on that person matter more? Does scrolling social media and saying all that bad stuff matter more? Does letting everyone know that I'm hurt and offended more? Or does me getting free matter more? Because if me getting free matters more, I'm going to have to do what Zacchaeus did. Because he says he was short. So the Bible says, so he ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed a tree. Can I ask you today to climb a tree? Get over yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry to put it so bluntly, but some of you think very, very highly of yourself. And that's the problem. 
You think more highly of yourself than you do of God. And you're taking everything into your own hands instead of placing it into God's hands. And you've got to get over yourself and say, less of me and more of you. I'm so desperate to see you, God. I don't know what it's going to take, but I will climb whatever tree it is. I'll climb over my pride. I'll climb over my excuse. I'll climb over my bad temper. I'll climb over my attitude. I don't know what it is you need to climb. But some of you, it's time to climb. Because you're not going to see from where it is that you keep staying. So he climbs the tree. Why do you need to climb the tree? Why do you need to seek to see? Because when you seek to see, he sees you. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot. What spot? We just read that Jesus was passing through. There was no spot on the schedule to stop today. We're simply passing through. But Jesus stops right where he knows somebody is seeking to see me. I know there's a crowd. I know there's many needs. But I know the difference between the crowd and someone that's seeking to see me. And Jesus stops right under the tree. I don't think Jesus had security with earpieces in. Okay, Jesus, third tree on the right. Third tree on the right, wealthy man. Could do with an offering right about now for the ministry. Let's just stop under the tree, get the man out the tree. Let's get a contribution to our ministry and let's move on. Uh, There was no manipulation. Jesus knew. I think you're seeking to see. So Jesus stops under the tree, says the most powerful thing. He looks up the tree, and he shouts, Zacchaeus! Wait a minute. He knows his name. Why does it matter that Jesus calls his name? Because the name Zacchaeus means this, pure and innocent one. This man was anything but pure and innocent. He was lying and he was cheating. He was overtaxing people in his community. He was stealing from the people that he lived in the same neighborhood of. He was not liked by the people that he lived on the same street of. This man was not pure and he was not innocent. But Jesus is saying, I see you and I see the real you. And I know that's how you've gone through life. And I know that's the label that you've given yourself. But I'm calling out of you what God himself placed in you. Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus, pure and innocent one, I see you. As you seek to see him, you will see who you are. Some of you are living your whole life waiting for a label or a title. That's why you've lost your job and you've lost your identity. Your job was never your identity. Your title was never your identity. It's who he says you are and no one can take that from you. You're not your failure. You're not your mistake. But you've got to seek to see him. For when you seek to see him, you will truly see who you are. Where do you need to seek to see? Where do you need to go back to school as a seeker? As he seeks to see Jesus and Jesus sees him the next thing begins to happen, and you're not going to like the next thing. You're like, well, I didn't really like the first thing. Well, it's going to get worse. Because not only do you have to seek to see, 
but you have to seek to stay. Jesus immediately says to him, come down, I must stay at your house today. Jesus is like, I'm glad you're seeking to see me, but unless you leave the treetop and come to the tabletop, this thing is not gonna stick. I can't have you hiding in the tree. You have to seek to see, but seek to stay. I need you to come down. I need you to sit at the table. I need to have a conversation. We need to talk this out. Jesus rearranges his whole schedule to stay with Zacchaeus. And I'm letting you know, some of you are stuck because you won't stay. Every time it gets uncomfortable, you run for the doors. Every time a relationship gets intense, you're out of there. Every time a job gets too much, you quit. You run when confrontation comes. And that's why you're not maturing, because you won't stay. Stop dating Jesus. Stop putting your best on for Sunday dates and dropping in to have a little date with Jesus. And then when service is done, I'll go back to my life, Monday to Saturday, be back for another date next week, Jesus. I'm pressing you that I got it all together. No, no, Jesus doesn't wanna date you. Jesus wants you to stay. He wants you to be committed. He wants you to be planted in the house and you'll flourish. He wants you to be someone that puts your roots down. You say, oh, I don't know about that. I come to this church, you know, a few times and, oh, they're a little intense and, you know, they tell you, fill in the connect card. <laughs> They're like, so I nod my head and I fill it in because I want to look like I actually am being polite. But you fill it in and then you shove it in your bag. And you're like, there's no way I'm handing that sucker in. If I hand that sucker in, someone's going to know my name. And I really need you knowing my name. I don't need you knowing my cell phone number. I don't need you asking why I wasn't in services. I don't need you asking to pray for my business. It's none of your business. I, I, I don't want to have that kind of staying commitment. And so I'll just stay playing the hokey pokey with church. I'll be in and I'll be out and I'll shake it all about and then I'll complain when my life has no roots and my life does not seem to grow. But the reason it is because you're not staying, you've got to stay. Listen, I know it's awkward. I've been with my husband 31 years and you know what? I didn't know when I first married him that he wasn't always Prince Charming. I didn't realize after I married Prince Charming, some days he's more like Shrek. I didn't know that. I didn't discover that till I stayed. And when I stayed, I was like, wow, what is going on? What's happening is we're really learning to live together. This is not a date anymore. This is a commitment. Wow, this is intense. Wow, this is awkward. Listen, I have two kids. And when they turned around four, I was like, here's your bag. Bye. <laughs> it's been nice while it lasted. But now you can talk. You can go find your own home. But I couldn't. I had to stay. Why? Because they were my kids. And I committed to bring them into the world. So I had to stay and be a part of raising them. And so many of you. Your reason why you're struggling is because you're happy in the tree, but you don't want to leave the tree. Church says, hey, go to a small group. You're like, what? Small and group in the same sentence? I already have hives. <laughs> I don't want to go to a small group. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. But what you're doing is not working for you. The fact that you won't ever stay is not working for you. And Jesus is like, Zacchaeus, if you're going to work out what it looks like to live a life different than the life you have, you're going to have to stay. Newcomers, 
5 p.m. New members, newcomers, dinner tonight. It's like God planned me being here on a day where there's an opportunity for you to stay. You're like, don't use that in your sermon. I have plans for this evening, but you always have plans. You always have plans that allow you to run when you know you need to stay. reason why your marriage is in trouble because you won't stay. She brings it up and you're like, I'm out of here. Conversation comes up about something you know needs fixing. You're like, I'm not ready for this. When will you be ready? <laughs> There's never a good time to stay, but the quicker you learn to stay, the quicker you'll get, begin to have the breakthrough that is you're seeking. Listen, I'm not too embarrassed to let you know that I still play hide and seek. My daughter is 20. My son is 17. Our friends of 38 years have kids in their 20s, and every now and again, as families, we'll play hide and seek. And on this one particular occasion, I was hiding at my friend's house, and I knew exactly the cupboard with all the junk in to hide in. So I went and got in that cupboard, but I didn't just hide. I mean, I hid real good. I, like, put coats on top of me and boots on top of me and the ski jackets on me. Like, I was hidden. And my friend opened those cupboard doors not once, not twice, four times. Opened the doors. Nope, not in here. Shut the doors. But if she'd have just stayed a little bit longer. She would have seen things moving in the cupboard that should not move by themselves. She would have heard, because I was dying under that stuff. But her impatience took her away from the very place where what she was looking for was hidden. I tried church. I tried tithing. I went once. No, 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 you gotta stay. You gotta stay, and by staying, you're gonna find some stuff that you've been looking for in all the wrong places, down the bar, with the mates, in the drugs, in the addiction. You've been looking in all the wrong places because you want a quick fix. And I'm telling you, the quick fix is not getting you where you need to go. So maybe swap the quick fix for a longer stay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Makes me feel uncomfortable, I know. But the enemy knows when you stay, things begin to change. We took our kids to Rome recently. And it felt like every street we went down in Rome, there was, there was like tape that was cordoning off an area of the street, letting you know, don't walk here because someone has discovered something below the surface that is treasured. Someone's discovered something below here that is an antique or a relic, and we're gonna excavate here and dig this thing up. And I became aware that wherever I saw a dig site, it felt like across the street from every dig site, there was a tourist shop. And the tourist shop was selling trinkets, photos or magnets or miniature statues of things that were in Rome. And I felt God say to me, that's the problem that's happened in the church. When it comes to actually finding the stuff and digging, we're like, I haven't got time for dig. I don't really have the patience to dig. I'm just going to go get a trinket. You know what? A trinket won't save your marriage. A fridge magnet with the promise of God on it will not save you in a storm. I know you bought it, and I know it's cute, and I know you got it on your fridge, and you touch it, and you say it over your life when you're in the middle of that crisis, but a trinket is not going to save you, but treasure will. 
You've got to move from a trinket to treasure. I've got to know that I know that I know that he's going to hold me in the storm. I've got to know that I know that he is my provider. I've got to know that I know that God has gone before me. I've got to know that I know that he is my way maker. And the only way I find that is if I dig for the treasure. Stop building your life on trinkets. Well, I heard it on a podcast. Great. I'm glad you heard it on a podcast. But until it's your truth, it's a trinket. Until it's your revelation, it's borrowed. Until it's something you've discovered. Some of you are like, well, I never saw this in Zacchaeus before. But it was always there. Someone just had to be bothered to put tape around it and say, I think I'm going to dig here. I think I'm going to see what else is in this verse. I think it's more than a song and a cardboard cutout of a tree. I think there's a truth in here that can set me free. So I'm going to stay here and I'm going to dig. And I'm going to dig till I find something I can build my life on. And I'm going to dig until I see something that changes the way I see my life. Some of you open the Bible. Give me a word, Lord. Oh, that didn't help. You've got to stay. Sign up for a Bible study. Go to a disciple, buy a devotional. Oh, that's a commitment. Exactly. Exactly. But while you're committing to Netflix, while you're committing to your streaming services, while you're committing to your music services, while you're paying them money to give you stuff, why don't you take the same investment to stuff that actually will change your life? Time to go back to school, Substance Church. Time to get hungry again, thirsty again. Time to stop dating Jesus. Time this fall to put your roots down, to show up tonight, a membership class, to go and say to the team at the Connect, here's the card I filled in three years ago. (laughs) This is my name. And yes, you can pray for me. And yes, I will be back next week. I'm going to put my money in the ground. I'm going to tithe. God doesn't need your money. Hello? Not tithing because God's like, oh, could you lend me a few dollars? God's good. Why is he telling you to dive? Tithe so you put something in the ground that stays. Something that's invested for legacy. Something that matters more than the things you spend your money on. Stay. And the reason why. We have to get back to seeking. Seeking to see. Seeking to stay. Is because the final thing that happens for Zacchaeus, will happen for you. Verse 8 is one of the most wonderful verses. Verse 8, something's about to happen, but this something that's about to happen is not because Jesus told Zacchaeus to make it happen, not because the disciples strong-armed him to make it happen, but the more he sought to see Jesus, the more he stayed at the table with Jesus, something inside him began to seek to stand. And verse 8 says this, Zacchaeus, stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What is going on? Zacchaeus, the more he seeks to see, the more he seeks to stay, something inside him seeks to stand. He's like, I know you're not telling me to. I know you're not expecting me to, but I'm realizing the more I'm around you, Jesus, I'm not that guy. I'm not a liar. I'm not a thief. That's not who I am. I'm not my mistakes. I'm not my past. The real Zacchaeus is beginning to stand up. And I'm telling you, as you enter this fall, there's something in you that wants to seek to stand. It might surprise you to know, but I am a full-blown introvert. 
Like, like literally, I'm socially awkward in, in groups. Like I'm the girl that does think small and groups shouldn't be in the same sentence. I'm an introvert. This is the last thing I ever thought I would be doing with my life. I'm the behind the scenes girl. I'm the you don't see me girl. I'm the I'll make it happen for you, but don't expect me to get up girl. That is how I'm wired. So how am I here speaking to you with such a boldness and such a conviction? Because verse eight happened to me. The more I sought to see him, the more I sought to stay around the things of God, the more something in me began to seek to stand and I couldn't help it. And it wasn't my character or my natural bent in life, but something began to stand. And I realized, man, if I don't speak, even the rocks are going to cry out. God, I don't want a mule speaking on my behalf. God, I have a voice. God, I have hands. God, I have the ability to serve. Something in me began to stand. And I'm telling you, there are leaders in this room. There are leaders in this room. There are small group leaders in this room and you're an introvert. You're like, me? I could never do that. That's what I used to say. But all of a sudden I got around God and I realized who I am. My true identity began to find its voice. Who I was made to be began to rise up on the inside of me. And I'm telling you, there are group leaders in here. But you've got to seek to stand. There are servants in this house ready to be put on mission, but you've got to seek to stand. There are givers in here that are going to write a check that's going to build something for legacy, but you've got to seek to stand until you spend time around him, until you begin to see him and begin to stay at the table with him. You don't truly know who you are, but I'm telling you there's something in you, just like Zacchaeus, that wants to stand up. Zacchaeus is like, I know you're not asking me to Jesus, but I want to pay back. I know you're not expecting it, Jesus, but I need to go put my, my wrongs right. I know no one's forcing me, Jesus, but honestly, the real Zacchaeus, he wants to stand up. He wants to use his voice. He wants to make amends. He wants to make a difference. And that day, Zacchaeus went from a man that was stuck in his home with all the excuses to a man that stood up in his home and said, okay, let me start being who it is that I'm on this planet to be. Some of you today, you're stuck. Your life is a pattern, a cycle, on repeat. You never seem to get past the area where right now you find yourself yet again, needing prayer for the same things, needing, needing help for the same conversations. God is not here to judge you today. He sent me here to let you know there are steps you can take. There's a process that you can follow. Psalm 10 verse 4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Pride will stop you seeking. Pride will keep you from the future that God has for you. But when you decide to seek him, like it says in Psalm 105, when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. Jesus is passing through. He's passing through today. And you have to choose whether like Zacchaeus, you'll get over yourself climb your tree and say, God, I seek to see you. I seek to stay. I seek to stand. All across the house today, I'm going to ask us to stand to our feet. I want to pray two different ways. I think you've heard God loud and clear today. And some of you don't like that. You're like, Lord, I'd have liked it to be a little bit more confusing so I didn't have 
to face the issue. But today, God's been, no, this is loud and this is clear. So you have to choose. Time to go back to school, Substance Church. Time to have a fresh hunger in your heart. Time to get off this cycle that you find yourself in where you're stuck and it's time to say, I think there's a new lesson. I think there's a new class I need to attend. I think there's a new step I need to take. I think there's a new hunger that needs to be awakened. So all across the house, just close your eyes right where you're at. Two things I want to pray. First is this. For all of you in the house today, I'm sure there is a step. Maybe for you, it's filling in a connect card. Maybe it's staying in an area where you know you'll always run. Maybe it's to do with your marriage or your family or your relationship with the house of God. But today, you know there's a part of you that just needs to get back to seeking. Seeking to see, seeking to stay, seeking to stand. If that's you today, right where you are, just all across the house, we're just going to lift our hands. Our hands are just recommitting to the journey of seeking. God, I want to seek you with a fresh passion. God, I want to go back to school in this season. God, I want to see you because in seeing you, you will see me. God, I, I realize that I've got stuck in some stuff. And God, today I seek you afresh. God, you see our hands raised. God, I thank you. God, you've never stopped pursuing us. And today I pray for a fresh hunger, a fresh zeal in this house. I pray, God, there will be a sense of, of hunger and thirsting after you that God begins to change the trajectory of people's lives and destinies. God, I pray there will be such a surge in the heart of substance that people will be clambering to do what it is that you call them to do. That there'll be a rushing to say, yes, God, here I am, send me. God, I pray for a new a new awakening. That substance will be a house of seekers. Seeking to see, seeking to stay, and seeking to stand. With eyes still closed, I want you to lower your hands. As I read the last verse of this story to you, verse 10 of that same story says this. Today salvation has come to this house. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God's very DNA, His absolute nature is that He is a seeker. He can't help himself. He's constantly seeking. He's looking for the one that needs him. He's constantly seeking for the one that needs restoration and forgiveness. He's constantly seeking for those that would come home to him. He's seeking the prodigal. He's seeking the lost. He's seeking the broken. He's seeking the failed. He's seeking the one that feels they're too far gone. And he's in the room today doing exactly those things. He's here to seek and to save. So my final ask is this, where are you, Zacchaeus? The one that's in the room and your life is far from God. The one that's in the room and you either have never asked him to be Lord of your life or you once did, but you went back to your boat. You began to live a different life. And today you find yourself here and you're like, this is not what I thought it would be, but God's like, this is exactly what it needs to be. You came here, but I was already here seeking you, seeking to save you from yourself, seeking because you got lost and today you get to come home. God is in the house today and as you say, that's me, as you 
like Zacchaeus, climb that tree over your pride, over your excuses. I'm telling you, if you seek him today, he will stop under the tree of your life and he will call you by name. And he'll say, you're my son, you're my daughter, you're chosen, I have a plan for you, you're forgiven. This is a brand new start. Today it begins with a decision to do what Zacchaeus did. Leave the pain, leave the past, climb the tree and seek to see. So I don't know where you are in this room today, but I know you're here. And it might be just one person or it might be multiple. But I'm asking if you say, I'm like Zacchaeus and I need salvation today. I need to come back like that prodigal today. Then I want you to lift your hand. Watch your hand. It's you climbing the tree. She's saying, that's me today. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I know God brought me here today for this moment. God, I thank you for these incredible people. God, the way you guided them to even be here today is a miracle. God, I thank you that as they lift their hand in this moment, you are already standing underneath their life and you're calling them by name. You're not calling them by their past or their failings. You're not judging them. You're calling them and you're saying, I see you, pure and innocent one. I see you, son of God. I see you, son, daughter of the most high God. I see you. I see what's in you. I see what God put in you. I see the gift and the talent within you and I'm calling it out of you today. And God, I thank you as you stop under the tree of their life, you say, just like you did to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Leave the excuses. Leave the hiding. Come down. Today is a new day. And so God, I thank you today for forgiveness. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for transformation. I thank you for hope arising. I thank you for a new beginning. I thank you today that you see those who seek to see you. And in this decision today is a brand new beginning. And we give you all the glory for it, God. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us lost. But you came to seek and save every single one of us. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.